2: even podcasts.
0: Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.
1: Cheeseheads. Get on your feet. It's curd and long. Hosted by Sparky Fighter and Ryan Horvath.
3: Hey, it's Steve Sparky Pfeiffer, 1250 AM The Fan. Follow me on Twitter at Sparky Radio. Ryan Horvath, there he is. Follow him at Ryan Horvat. Bet MGM Tonight, part of a BetQL. Very, very highly entertaining uh, show uh, with Ryan Horvath uh, and Trista Crick. And uh, who's the newest co-host uh, over there, Ryan Horvat? Nick you. Ashu, Ashu, Ashu. That's beautiful. I'm sure he had made fun of a lot of in school, but that's okay. I I, I I think it's a pretty cool last name. Uh, okay, also cool was the the way the Packers figured out a way to beat the Miami Dolphins twenty six to twenty uh, over uh, Christmas Day or on Christmas Day, I should say. Uh, this is a thing, right? So you look at Aaron Rodgers' box score: twenty four of thirty eight, two thirty eight touchdown, an interception, uh, and a Quarterback rating of 78.6. Yeah. And uh and on top of that, you also got sacked twice. Yeah. If I would have given that to you last week, and by the way, we didn't record Curtin Long uh our Rumble days last week because me and my whole entire family were sick at home. So apologize for that. But uh if I would have gave you those numbers, let's say on Friday, if we had done Curtin Long and said, okay, this is what is he gonna do? Can they win that football game? I would assume you would have laughed and said, there's no chance you're beating that offense with Rogers only doing that.
2: No, I did. I did predict another victory against Miami. Yeah. Uh, and I said, Rodgers is going to have a 300 yard passing performance for the second consecutive week. He didn't have one last week. He hasn't had one since what week 12 of last season or whatever it is. Uh, felt like we were going to get there. Things started off all right on the scripted drives, then they kind of fell apart per usual. A lot of mental mistakes, a bad interception from Rodgers, a couple drop picks. Uh, So no, if I saw that box score, if I look at his statistical performance from yesterday, I say the Packers probably lose that game, probably by double digits. Now if you tell me two is going to throw those terrible interceptions, those three picks, then that changes things and man, the Dolphins have been a bad football team the last month. So no, but to answer your question, if I saw Aaron Rodgers your stat line, I would have probably thought that that would be a loss because the way to get after Miami's defense when all they do is blitz and play cover zero, uh, you have to be able to push the ball down the field through the air. You're not really able to run the ball. You know, there was some success with A.J. Dillon. We didn't see a whole lot of Aaron Jones yesterday. You really can't run on Miami. So if I saw those stats, I'd say it's probably a double digit loss. Packers season over. Are we evaluating Jordan Love against the Vikings coming up Sunday at Lambeau?
3: Yeah, no doubt. And yeah. again, uh, in that first half, you were probably. Thinking Jordan Love is going to be playing against the Vikings because yeah. the Packers defense wasn't that good. They were giving up big plays, uh, and you know they ended up being busted coverages. You know you find out later, which I think everybody kind of assumed when they were watching it. And at one point, I tweeted this: "This Packers team needs safeties next year." Like I, I don't want to hear anything other than they they must find safeties uh, for next year. And I, I think they understand they have to find safeties for next year too. Uh, and then comes the story after the game that they got chewed out by their secondary coach. Uh, and got you know got laid into with some profanity, which yeah. normally doesn't happen. Yeah. Uh, and that apparently woke them up out of their slumber. Ryan Horvath at halftime, they played much better in the second
0: half.
2: And you know what's funny is I saw some press coverage like they were jamming these fast wide receivers on the outside. Waddle, I mean. I was joking with my brother, not joking, because I was very upset in the first half of that game. It looked like they were completely falling apart. And I was like, this is like a Madden video game where Jalen Waddell has that 85-yard reception. And I'm like, this defense might give up 65 points. Yeah. I feel like I'm watching a 9-year-old play Madden right now. And then all of a sudden, we did see some second-half adjustments. So I actually, you know, I've ragged on the guy all season long. I'll give Joe Barry a little bit of credit. Guys did step up. Yeah, but that's a huge move from Jerry Gray, who I guess is, you know, just the sweetest guy ever just to start person at these guys because they finally showed up they had a season high and takeaways yesterday granted some of those were terrible interceptions I got a kick out of the Jair Alexander uh, interview on Fox yeah everybody after the game did. where he's yeah. like yeah man Tyreek was fast and then I was like is he really going to overthrow this that's pretty much what happened and that's the yep. crazy thing about Tua man is the one positive about Tua if you've even been a Tua uh, hater the last couple years or even Tua at Alabama is how accurate of a quarterback he is you know he can't really hit the deep ball he's not uh Josh and he's not Aaron Rodgers from five years ago or he's throwing 70 yards down the field. Right. He's not Patrick Mahomes. But he's literally been the most accurate quarterback in the National Football League the last couple seasons when healthy, and he was all over the place again. So I give some credit to Joe Barry. Tons of credit to Jerry Gray for cussing those guys out. The defensive line stepped up. You know, less Dean Lowry seems to be a good thing, more Wyatt a good thing, guys making plays. Something that I took away, my favorite moment of the game, Aaron Rodgers, Proving that he's a little bit, uh, you know, the leadership skills have been a little bit better. I don't always love the body language. I'm not the body language police, but I don't know if you caught this. Uh, he went over to the, the defense when they needed that final stop at the end of the game. He was talking with Kenny Clark and the guys, and they said, we got you. And yep. it just I was like, this, this seems like a team. Like, this seems like a playoff game, but there were times this season where, they just weren't fun to watch. And this is a fun team to watch right now. So shout out Joe Barry, shout out to uh, Jerry Gray, and of course uh, Jair, and Rasul Douglas. Uh, I thought he played his ass off. And you always got to give credit to Preston Smith. Preston Smith's had a really nice year. I don't think he gets the credit he deserves. All
3: right, and that's what we're talking about. I want to impress you most from that Packers Christmas Day win over the Dolphins. What really impressed me was really how stupid uh, McDaniel is as a coach for the Miami <laughs> Dolphins. I mean, just, just plain dumb. I- I'm sorry. You know, if my six-year-old was listening, Dad, don't say stupid because he hates that word but I'm telling you what how you have two running backs averaging four and like five and a half yards a carry and Wilson Raheem Mostert, and you don't give them the ball more like after the first interception I'd have been like "Mm, okay uh, listen there's really no need to have him throw the ball this much more the rest of the game we don't need to We're, we're playing with the like We're playing with the lead. Like, we can just run the ball, run the clock out, don't let Rodgers get the ball back, and let's go home. Like, what are we doing? They can't stop us. Why in the world was he still after the second interception? I'm thinking to myself, okay, now what are you going to do? And you're going to put – and now, again, the last drive that he threw the interception on, they were out of timeouts. It was under two minutes. So, okay, maybe in that situation you do have to throw the football down the field. But those first two, there was no reason to be throwing the ball as much as they threw the ball with Tua. And this is not the first week where he's come under fire after a game about not running the football. And every week he says, oh, yeah, that's on me, man. You know, we should have ran the ball more than once. I think there was one week they ran the ball like one time or something. That's on me. You know, we didn't run the football enough. You're damn right. It's on you. You know you're this offensive genius, and Lafleur speaks highly of you, and everybody loves you. And I liked him too coming into the season. And he's got he's they, they're playing well. Obviously, they've won. They spent some money and, and going out and getting him uh, Tyreek Hill to go with Jalen Waddle. He's got the weapons. But by God, if you've got a running game that the opposing team cannot stop. And your quarterback doesn't look like he's on all of a sudden. Why would you continue to give the quarterback the ball? Like I, that If I was in Miami right now and doing radio, I would be losing my mind on him. Not on Tua, on the coach. Because he never should have been given that many opportunities to throw the football at the end of that game.
2: And the craziest part about the whole thing, man, is Kyle Shanahan obviously calls Mike McDaniel. He calls him the greatest offensive mind he's ever worked with. But he was the run game coordinator. You know, we talk about Kyle Shanahan and his offense, and look what Christian McCaffrey's doing, and look at what Raheem Mostert did in that offense, especially against the Packers in the NFC title game. That's the other thing, man. Did he not have the video to see that this man rushed for, what, 250, 260 yards against pretty much the same Green Bay defense? Uh, That's the crazy thing here, because Miami commits to the run game early in that game, and they had 82 yards. They're coming off a game against Buffalo, against Buffalo's defense, where they rushed for a season high, I believe, 188 yards. So it looked like, hey, you know, we kind of figured some things out here. We got Jeff Wilson, who we made this deal for. We have Raheem Moser, who's this track star who runs a 4 3 40, who's familiar with this type of offense. All of a sudden, we're running the ball against Buffalo, and then everything's working against Green Bay. Finally, the defensive line steps up, what, two, three times, and then he just completely neglects and throws out the run game, and he has Tua playing hero ball, and it doesn't yep. make any sense because that's not Tua, man, and so I'm with you there. And you and I, like you said, Mostert, he was averaging 5.6 yards per carry. He mm-hmm. only had eight touches for 45 yep. yards. Imagine if he gets 16 carries in that game. Jeff Wilson, Jr., nine carries for 37. That means he's averaging four yards per pot. That's my only problem with some of these young offensive minds, you know, it's like, you have to stick with the run game. It's like body blows. You know, you just keep, even if it's three, four yards here, or let's say the Packers get a stop for two yards, hit them with it again. I saw Bill Walsh one time call the same play 16 times in a row, you know? <laughs> and, and that's my only problem is some of these guys will floor as well. They get a little yes. bit too cute. They let, they get a little bit too pass happy. We saw it again yesterday. Like keep feeding A.J. Dillon, feed the beast, get Aaron Jones involved. I love Aaron Rodgers, but this isn't 2017 anymore. I like Tua, but this isn't, you know, 2000. 2019 Alabama, use your backs, man. But yeah, special thanks to him because he lost his damn mind and the Packers benefited because if they yeah, continue that, to run the ball, they're probably season over.
3: That was absolutely ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Other thing that impressed me, and you brought it up uh, earlier, and that is Joe Barry. Uh, and, you know, look, uh, how much credit does he get or, uh, you know, what adjustments did he make at halftime? Because Jerry Gray gets, you know, the secondary coach gets a credit for yelling at the cornerbacks. At, at the in reality, I mean two of them made some bad bad decisions. I mean, the Rajoule Douglas one was right to him. The Jair Alexander one was right to him. The Devondre Campbell one he had to reach for, and that yeah. was a hell of a catch, I think, by Devondre Campbell, the one that one he made. That that one he had to reach out for and snag a little bit. The other two is right in their breadbasket, like boom, boom, thank you, we're out of here. I mean, they could have dropped it, I guess, but it was right to them. Um, and I was joking on Twitter after the first one, Joe Barry for president. Uh, and everybody started and did. I don't think they really appreciated that one necessarily no. as much. But I want this next podcast. I want to talk about not right now specifically, but next podcast, Horvath, when we record on Wednesday. Can Joel Berry save his job? Are, are we in a position right now, if this Packers team and this defense plays well the next couple of weeks going into the playoffs? Is Joel Berry in a position? Because I think everybody thinks he's going to get fired. Is Joel Berry in a position to save his job and be back as defensive coordinator next year? Depending on what happens in this Vikings game and Lions game and whether or not this team makes the playoffs. So that's Wednesday. Curtin Long podcast Wednesday. Stay tuned for that. Uh, I I think you'll you'll enjoy that conversation. All right. What impressed you most uh, for the Packers Christmas Day win over the Dolphins of everything that we talked about?
2: Second-half adjustments on the defensive side of the ball, Uh, obviously. um, That's one big thing. The four takeaways, huge. Uh, I'm going to go with, uh, for me, I'll go on the offensive side of the ball, and I'm going to give a special shout-out to two guys. And I'll start with Allen Lazard. Five receptions yesterday for 61 yards on 11 targets. Uh, Not obviously, it's not going to jump out of the box score, but if you go back and you watch the way that he was blocking down the field, I just actually tweeted a clip. Didn't he knock out three dudes? And then he started counting three of them. And, you know, he's just – he had a bad drop in that game, but uh, he's been reliable when when called upon. So I'll give a special shout-out to Alan Lazard and then the other guy. It's got to be big dog Mercedes Lewis. Again, only two receptions for 32 yards, but Steve, he's 55 years old. He catches that touchdown in the back of the end zone. I called that play. I said, I have faith in one man right now that he's not going to drop this football. if called upon, and nobody's going to expect Mercedes Lewis. If you're a little play action fake, you put him in the corner of the end zone. My mom, she was like, you need to be calling plays. I said, no. <laughs> I said, anybody anybody with eyeballs that's been watching this offense in the red zone could have called that play, right? Yep. I mean, it, it, the, the red zone offense. I'll get to that here in a minute. That did not impress me. But yeah, guys stepped up. Mercedes Lewis, Alan Lazard. Another thing that impressed me, Aaron Rodgers' leadership skills yesterday, and he proved to all the people on social media that think he's just back for the paycheck he wants to win. And it drove my brother crazy. I was watching the game with him. He pulls one to, to Dylan and he keeps it himself, but he used his legs a little bit yesterday, man. He picked up some first downs with his legs. I don't ever want to see plays. that
3: play. I don't ever want to see that play call again. No, I, don't, I If but, that was designed for him to do that, no, you are old and I don't want you broken. So with well, all the respect, one-on-one,
2: he thought he had the backer one-on-one.
3: I don't that care who, I don't nice. care if he had you one-on-one, I don't trust him. <laughs> I I exactly. don't want that dude carrying the football on purpose. Like there is no reason for that, dude. If there's 10 yards in front of you and nobody's open run, I'm all for it. But, but a design run for an Asian quarterback that could retire after this year, next year or whatever else, do, do I want to see what Jordan Love looks? like at some point? Yes. Do I want to see it because Aaron Rodgers has a broken leg on a design run? Absolutely not. So that's what that was. Then Lafleur, please burn that. If that was Rodgers on his own, then somebody please tell 12 never to do that again. Like ever, ever again the rest of his career. He wasn't doing that type of stuff early in his
0: career.
2: No, but you got to give him credit. He wanted that game yesterday. Again, goes over to the defense. He's talking with Kenny Clark and the boys, and he says, "You got to go out there. You got to get us to stop. Our season's on the line." And they do so. He was engaging. That's what I want to see. I don't want to just see him moping on the sidelines every single week. So I think we saw. Aaron Rodgers still cares, and we saw some leadership from him. Mason Crosby, obviously that's impressive, breaks Brett Favre's record, makes a couple field goals in that game. And uh, lastly, I think I do have to, uh, again, you got to shout out the defensive side of the ball because season over if they don't step up in the second half. But love what I saw from Mercedes Lewis, Al-Lazard, and Aaron Rodgers. Two old guys yesterday stepping up and making plays. you
3: got to talk about them overcoming injuries as well. They lose Yash Nyman. They lose Keyshawn Nixon. They lose Christian Watson, Dean Lowry, all in the game. Yeah. Which replacement impressed you most in this one? Which replacement for those four guys impressed you most? I'll start. Yeah. Royce Newman. Oh, my God. Royce Newman, ended the game. Flag. Oh, my God. Here we go. Oh, this is going to – Please don't let this be the reason why they lose this game because this dude ends up being a turnstile. Hey, man, he, he played okay. Yeah, He had a couple flags, but he wasn't getting destroyed at right and tackle, and it wasn't becoming a huge issue for Aaron Rodgers throughout the game where they had Kent constantly help, I don't think. I haven't watched L22, but I don't think they were helping him a ton. So for me, okay, that was serviceable, fine. Nixon, I mean, look, the game starts off, and you're like, oh, my God. Maybe this yeah. is Desmond Howard. I'm not quite sure what we're watching here, but this is looking pretty good. And then he goes out, and – Dobbs did fine, but then Gaines is on the field on defense. Raise your hand and tell me how much you know about this dude before yeah. we watch How How much do most Packer fans even know about this dude? Most Packers are like, who the hell is this? Yeah. But He was out there. He was serviceable. He was okay. Christian Watson goes out, uh, and now you're le- being left to, okay, We've been through this before, and this Packers offense struggled mightily without Christian Watson before. Romeo Dobbs stepped up, played well. Lazard, you talk about being impressed, he had that one big drop. But outside of that, he played fairly well, blocking a a two. And then Dean Lowry and Devontae Wyatt comes onto the scene. Now, Devontae Wyatt has been here and there throughout the season, and it has shown you a little something and something throughout the season. But you really haven't seen a bigger dose of him. You got to see a bigger dose of him yesterday. Played well played really well. So, which replacement impressed you most? Ryan Horvath.
2: Yeah, good question. I'd say any replacement for Dean Lowry is a good replacement. I mean, (laughs) I want to see more Wyatt uh, I thought he was excellent yesterday, and I thought Jaron Reed was really good yesterday as well. You know, he had six tackles, four solo tackles, two quarterback hits in that game, so I'm going to go with Dean Lowry's replacement. I don't like to just come on the pod every week and rag on Dean Lowry. He is what he is, but I don't really want to see too much more of Dean Lowry, and I never root for anybody to be injured, but the defense, I mean, things just look much better, I mean, even against the run, so I'm going to go with Jaron Reed, actually. I thought TJ Slayton, your guy, stepped up a little bit, yep. you know, had three tackles, two solo had one tackle for a loss, so I'm going to go with everybody on that defensive line, man, because I thought season over, you're going to get gashed, you're going to give up 300 yards on the ground, Dean Lowry exits, those guys step in, and they were tremendous. Uh, I thought when, went, when Yash went out, I thought season over also, I, I can't watch too much more Royce, but again, stepped up, uh, especially with the run game, uh, do worry about him uh, on passing downs, he's a liability, need Nixon back, man, there is no replacement for that kid, shout out to Romy Dobbs. i called it i said he's doing an amari rogers he took one out of the end zone and got back to what the 11 12 yard line you yep. guys were yelling at him i don't think there is a replacement so i was not impressed there and then um got to get watson back on the field as well i worry about him a little bit staying healthy man like he seems like a guy that's just going to be injured every single season every time seems like early Yep. You know, so, but I thought Romeo Dobbs, Alan Lazard, everybody that had to step in, stepped in. I mean, Rogers completed a pass to what, 10, 11 different receivers yesterday. Yeah, we I'm had amazing. a Robert Tunyon sighting. First half, I'm asking, yep. why the hell doesn't Robert Tunyon ever run any routes We talked anymore?
3: about this. We yeah. talked about this on the podcast. Yeah. And not only did we talk about it on the podcast, then they asked him about it, uh, asked Lafleur about it in the press conference last week about what happened to Robert Tunyon. We literally talked about it. They then asked Lafleur about it. And Lafleur pretty much said, well, you know, it's just kind of play design and kind of, you know, the way the offense is going is kind of dictating, you know, who's getting the balls one way or the other. With all due respect to Matt LaFleur, that's hogwash. I, I don't believe you. E- either he's just not getting separation anymore, and he's not getting open, and I don't watch the All-22 like a lot of y'all do, but either he's just not getting the separation, not getting open as much, or they're simply just not calling plays for him, and and they're using him to run block more than they're using him to run routes one way or the other. How do you go from having, what well, didn't he have double-digit touchdowns a couple of years ago? How do you go from yeah. that and being a guy that looked like, holy crap, like, they got a legitimate tight end here. I didn't think he was going to Like this, and I'm not saying he's you know, he's not your Michael Finley athletically or anything like that, but he can be Tremura, he's probably more athletic than Tremura, right around the same. He could be a reliable tight end, I think, in this offense. So, I I just to me, the, the answer of well, you know, we haven't really called plays necessarily that way, it's within the flow of the game, it has nothing to do with him. That's just all nice sidestepping and not wanting to put blame anywhere on what really is going on. But there has to be more to this story than they just decided to X him out of the offense this season. Like I, I don't, I don't. I
2: you know, he's he, he blocked his ass off this year. He doesn't look fully back from that ACL injury. There's times where he does catch a ball and he looks like he's running in quicksand. But uh, I thought everybody kind of stepped up. Everybody that had to catch a ball yesterday stepped up. So I, you got to get Watson and Nixon back. Those guys are obviously really important. The offensive line's been a mess with injuries the last couple of years. So I'm going to go with, the, I'll stick with my Dean Lowry, man. Everybody that stepped in on the defensive line, game balls for everybody on that defensive line, except for Dean Lowry. And I'll give him one for getting injured, although I never root
3: for injury. TV puts out a, a a big post article. I think it's every every week, and they put out snap counts and stuff, as do other people. Yeah. Well, this is the one I'm reading it from, so I give them credit. Uh, Kenny Clark had 40 snaps in that game, 80% uh, of the defense. Reed, Jaron Reed, 34 snaps. He played well, too, by the way. Don't forget about Jaron Reed. Uh, Wyatt, 24 snaps, Slade in 20 snaps, uh, and then Dean Lowry actually only got in on seven, and then he ended up uh, dinged up on that one. Yeah, uh, On the defensive side, you had Douglas Amos, Alexander, and Campbell play every single snap of defense. Uh, Walker played every snap but two. Uh, Koi Walker did, uh, and then you had uh, you know some other guys. Uh, Coming into this thing, uh, Quay rotating had a rough in
2: day yesterday. Quay had a rough day. Adrian Amos, I know you're going to look in the box score and see all those tackles, but there's a reason that your safety is leading your team in tackles. I thought he looked just old yesterday. They, they're a very bad, poor tackling team. Like, I, while I'm giving them credit for the second, but haven't McCarthy, we said I have, that? Ab- I have to interject and say, watching that team tackle has taken years off my life. But,
3: Horvath, haven't we talked about them being a bad tackling team back to McCarthy? I mean, I feel like even in McCarthy's years, we were sitting on the big show, taking calls, playing people ripping them about tackling and Gary Leroy talking about, well, you know, it's not the same way it used to be. You don't have as many live contact drills and padded practices. So you're really not practicing it as much anymore and blah, 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 blah. And we've had this conversation a million times. Like, so I would love to, I, I'm sure this stat exists somewhere And in you people that, you know, live on the internet and look at numbers and, and all that stuff. Let me know Tweet it at Sparky radio or at Horvath, either one. Who are the, who are the best tackling teams in the NFL? each year for, like, the last five years. Like, are they the same teams with the same Bill, coaching staffs every well, year? Staff. Right. Yeah. Is it the same teams and the same coach Meaning, the teams that lead the league and in- – you know, the fewest amount of missed tackles. And then who are the worst tackling teams in the league for the last five years, let's say. And is that the same type of coaching staffs or is it different coaching staffs but the same dudes, like there has to be something to this. And then how much of a separation really is there from the team that is the fewest tackles to the team that is the most tackles. Are we talking about a five missed tackle difference between one and last or is it like 50 is a difference, right? 50 fewer missed tackles because that's significant. If it's that big, okay, then, then we should have a, a big conversation about that going
0: forward with this organization. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds.
2: You look at the good tackling teams, right? Like Baltimore. And I think a lot of it's coaching. Um, I think a lot of it is, obviously, most of it has to do with talent, though. Because you saw yesterday there were guys that were in their spots, like Jair flying. That was, thank God Jair saved himself with with that pick in a pretty good second half because his tackling effort yesterday was yep. very poor. And you know what doesn't help, man? Devondre Campbell, I don't want to rag on the guy. Uh, but he's just not having the season that he had last year. I went back and looked at this again last night. He had two missed tackles all of last season. I think he had like seven or eight missed tackles going into week three or week four, and then he was dinged up. Quay's obviously a rookie; he's only going to get better. So while we rag on Joe Barry and rightfully so, also guys need to step up at times and step no doubt some of these tackles. Like, absolutely.
3: Yeah, I agree. Devontae Why, by the way, uh, one who uh, which replacement impressed me most. They all did fine; like everybody did fine. Nobody was horrible or filling in for the guy they filled in for. They don't have a replacement for Nixon, like Ryan said. So no matter who was going back there, that was. I'm going to change anything. Topic number three. Don't forget, you can download uh, this current and long podcast wherever podcasts are available. Google podcasts. You can go on Odyssey. You can go on Spotify, Apple podcasts, record Monday, Wednesdays and Fridays. Normally they post by five in the afternoon. Um, and then with all the cuts and everything else, the very next morning by what is it? 4 a.m. or something like that. It posts by. Um, so always there, usually, unless he or I are out sick, like was the case last week <laughs> with me. Uh, Aaron Jones, are you concerned? about what you saw uh, on Christmas Day from Aaron Jones. And the, the thing that amazes me is I, I tweeted out before we started this podcast, I said, hey, look, when we started the podcast, any uh, any tweets y'all want us to get in? Isaiah tweeted, why was Aaron Jones not used again in the second half, LOL? Was he injured? He probably would have scored if he was running on the red zone rush where Dylan slipped on that cutback to the middle of oh. uh, the field. Do you yeah. agree or disagree, Ryan Horvat? I
2: think he probably would have. You know, uh, man, man. how does A.J. Dillon get taken out by that, though? That could have been very costly because that puts you up two scores. They end up taking the field goal. They're up six rather than going up ten. Not here to rag on A.J. Dillon, though. He's been much better, Uh, although yesterday 11 carries for 36 yards, only three per pop. I wanted to see a little bit more Aaron Jones, but I think the reason that we're not seeing more Aaron Jones is because he's barely even practicing right now. He's been dinged up pretty much the last month of the season. Yeah, and we might find out that he's dealing with more than even that, because he's taking some vicious hits. I love Aaron Jones, but there's a reason why they use A.J. Dillon so much, and they try to save Aaron Jones until later on in the season. He's just such a little guy, man. He takes, he just gets like ping-ponged around. He runs yep. really hard, but he takes some vicious hits, and he's a little dude. Six carries yesterday for 25 yards. Was averaging four per carry. I think it's just injury right now. You're probably – you know, A couple weeks ago, I would have said, well, they know the season's probably over. You don't want this guy dealing with an injury throughout the offseason and rehabbing all offseason. You're probably bringing him back next year, right? You just committed to him last year. But now, I mean, you're going to need him against Minnesota. You're definitely going to need him against Detroit. You can't really beat Miami, like I said, on the ground. I thought he'd maybe be used more as a pass catcher yesterday, which he really wasn't. Uh, they didn't really need him. You know, I mean, A.J. Dillon was fine yesterday. I think you're definitely going to need him against Minnesota, so hopefully they're just saving him up. Up here but uh I think that has to be it with the usage I think it has to be injury because there's no way that Matt LaFleur just decided yesterday to only give him six touches in that game when he's averaging four per pop
3: so this is the thing um when Aaron Jones first got to the Green Bay Packers um and was part of the team and was showing some stuff I remember Gary Ellerson by the way their lead podcast really good him and, uh, and Leroy do a great job with that lead podcast um but I remember Gary saying, dude, he's not going to last. Like he, like you just said, he's too Little. small. Like it's never going to, dude, he's not going to last. And then he puts together a full season, gets the payday. And Gary's like, okay, well, okay. Maybe I was wrong, but having AJ Dillon obviously helps. You and I talked about last week on Curtin log about AJ Dillon, Eddie Lacy, like, What's the deal? Like when McCarthy wouldn't run Lacey until like December and then they would just keep feeding the ball in September and I would get all mad. Like, dude, he could hurt people in September, October, and November too. in the fourth quarter. Yeah. So we don't have to wait till December. And now we're back to this with AJ Dillon. I do agree with you. I think Aaron Jones is probably more beat up than anybody realizes. I, I think he is significantly dinged up. And now with two games left here, you got yourself in a little bit of a conundrum. As weird as this sounds do you save them for the playoffs are you trying to get them ready to Dude, play the in the playoffs are, are you trying to get them ready for the playoffs at this point is, is that what's going on we're we're just going to keep feeding dylan and if something happens fine but i mean you even saw patrick taylor make a big play in that game for the green bay packers yeah and come off the sideline and make that play when that happened i think that's what everybody said What the hell is going on with Aaron Jones? Like, why is this dude even on the field? Like, he has no, why is he on the field? Aaron Jones is active. A.J. Dillon is active. Why am I watching Patrick Taylor run out in the field for the Packers? Not that I have any issue with Patrick Taylor. I do not. But I think that was a red flag to a lot of Packer fans. Like, okay, that's cool. We've watched him in preseason the last couple of years. Glad he made that play. But that should be
2: Aaron Jones. No, I agree. Huge 17-yard reception, though, for Patrick Taylor. Showed some good bursts there. I think that's what it comes down to, man. I think he's injured. I don't know what you're saving him for. Maybe, I mean, he just doesn't look good, and LaFleur sees that. So I think he's dealing with a little bit more than we know about. I think that's what it comes down to. But they're going to need him this week against the Vikings and that defense. Minnesota's run defense is so brutal. Their secondary is so brutal. They're giving up 400 yards pretty much every single week. So you're going to need a lot of Aaron Jones, not only carrying the ball, But as a pass catcher, I think he's going to need six, seven receptions in that game. Because Minnesota, man, I think a lot of people expect them just to kind of take next week off. They've already obviously wrapped up the NFC North. They have an outside shot still to get that one seed, but I, I mean, Philadelphia needs to lose the next two weeks. I think they they win at least one of those games. But Minnesota, they're going to want to knock out Green Bay. That's not a team you want to see down the road, and that's still your rival. They're going to want to go to Lambeau Fields, Zedarius and those guys. And yes. The Packers. You're going to need a big game from Aaron Jones. So I am a little concerned that he's, he's about 50 60% right now because he's the type of guy. And Aaron Rodgers said it in the press conference uh, last week after the Monday night against the Rams. He shouted him out and he gave gave him credit, he said, because I got to shout out Jonesy because we didn't think he was going back into that game in the second half. You know, he showed fight. He showed a bunch of heart. When A.J. got dinged, he had to right. go back in there. That's telling you that Aaron Jones is about 40 to 50% probably right now, and we're going to find out some stuff probably after the season. So I am a little concerned because you're going to need him against Minnesota and you're going to need him against Detroit because those are two really bad defenses. Miami's a good run defense. You had to get them through the air, so you didn't really miss him a whole lot yesterday.
3: Uh, Royce Newman. If he has to play at right tackle in that Vikings game, I'm going to be concerned uh, about him for an entire game. Because the one thing that I think I'm pretty sure that's going to happen in that game, and we'll talk more about the Vikings game as we get closer. Um, I, I, they're going to blitz. They're they're going. To, Donatello is oh, not yeah. going to sit back there and not just let Aaron Rodgers pick him apart. Like I, I don't, I don't think that's going to be the case. Remember, Pedan is there too. They're going to bring Keat, and they're going to go at Royce Newman. You can. Bet your bottom dollar if he is out there at right tackle, they're going to bring, they're going to create problems for him. And Zadarius Smith, I got a little surprise win for you. This is how this is going to go. Every time you decide you're going to come, AJ Dillon is going to hit you as he's going out on his pass route. Every single time you come, we're chipping. And I don't care if Bakhtiari got you or if it's Newman, doesn't matter. I just want to hit you every single time to make sure you understand that you're at Lambo, you are not going to own us, and if you do own us, you're going to be so beat up by the end of that game, you're going to wish you never played us, because we're going to just continue to chip you play after play after play after play after play, because you cannot allow him to be the reason you don't go to the playoffs.
2: No, you can't see Royce Newman in that game. Royce Newman cannot start that game. You're, gonna, you're going to need Yash back. Hopefully, Bakhtiari could play this week because I was trying to be positive. But they really can't run the ball. Like it seems like they don't want to run the ball when Royce Newman is on that field. And I don't trust them in pass pro. Again, I thought I, I'm. Uh, it was. It's. It's a rough watch, man. So I completely agree with you. Also, whatever that uh, fourth and two fake punt call was, take that, throw that in the trash, light that on fire. I don't know if that's Lafleur. I never. Want to see whatever that was ever again. If you're going to go for it on fourth down and you have AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones on your roster, just send Aaron Rodgers out what? on that field, turn around and hand one of those two guys the ball. We're not fake snapping to the fullback, okay?
3: That that was a fireball offense. Like you yes. what are you doing? Wasn't the punter like on the goal line or around the end zone when he caught the ball to begin with? Oh now? Like, desperation.
2: A, okay, you weren't
3: you, you weren't at like their 40 yard line huh? running this fake punt where it's kind of questionable field. Goal distance or whatever and they're still going to have to Go half the field you're backed up To your end zone running a fake punt Right, that's what it was it was desperation It was hell we are going to be able to keep up with them if we don't score every single time because our defense sucks at this point. So we've got to we have to come up with some trick plays in order to work. And when I saw that, I don't remember what I tweeted. Something about being maybe the dumbest play call ever or something. But that I agree with you. Don't want to see it. And then I see people on Twitter. God bless you, you, you Packer fans that whose heads are in the clouds. I see Packer fans on Twitter. Well, I don't have a problem with it because even if he would have punted they would have been in field goal territory. Anyhow, probably had even just fair caught the ball after he would have punted the ball. They still would have had a short field. So I don't have a problem with it. You're right, dude. You'd rather have them go 50 yards or would you rather have them go like 20 Which way would you rather have them go? 25 yards or 50 yards? For me, give me the 50 or 60-yard drive versus the 20 to 25-yard drive or wherever the hell they ended up on that drive. I don't even care about the play call or the play design. Who cares? I don't care. The fact that you even were contemplating it and that you even tried to run it, somebody's head should be examined on that one. Absolute insanity.
2: Yeah, whether it's Rich, whether it's uh, LaFleur, somebody, that is a fireable offense. Oh, God. If, if they lose that game, that might be a fireable offense. And then one more thing while we're on fourth and two discussion and while we're also talking to Aaron Jones, I don't care if Aaron Jones is 25%. If it's fourth and two, you run the football with Aaron Jones or A.J. Dillon. Or you come up with something more creative than the fourth and two Aaron Rodgers shot play down the field. Like fourth and two. The heave down the field. I get you had Christian Watson one on one. He missed
3: him so badly. Cannot, oh my God. Every he, week,
2: though, uh, every week, third and one, fourth and one, fourth and two, third and two, we go to the shot play. Devontae, not here anymore, right? Like, th- th- that is, I love Aaron Rodgers, but my God, or LaFleur, whoever's idea that is, that needs to go. That is a frustrating play call. I would rather, honestly, and we saw it on third and one or 3rd and 2 yesterday AJ Dillon gets stuffed. I'm fine with that. Like you drafted this kid in the second round. In the second round you took a running back for cold weather games and for short yardage and goal line situations. If it's 4th and 2 I do not want 38 39 year old Aaron Rodgers chucking the ball down the field to the rookie out of North Dakota state. i do run don't the mind ball it. for the 1 to 2 yards.
3: I don't mind it if the guy's open and Watson was definitely open and he flat out missed him. And he said,
2: Rodgers don't I, hit that anymore. Yeah. Rogers
3: just said, I missed him. Like that was on yeah. me. That wasn't on him. I, I just, I missed the throw at the end of the day. That that's who that kind of comes back to. And so I don't have as much of a problem with that. I mean, look at Tampa Bay, look at Tampa Bay Sunday well, yeah. or, or Christmas for Nat, I think he had three straight runs on, th- on second and one third and one and fourth and one, and they couldn't get a damn yard. And people were losing their mind. They're like, this team doesn't go to deserve to go to the plants. They can't get a yard against Arizona. Now they come and they rally back. They win the game eventually with Brady anyhow. But that's the same type of thing. If you don't trust your offensive line to block, right, and in this situation, maybe they don't with what was out there yesterday. Maybe they're like, "Ah, maybe we can, maybe we can't. Who is it on? I think it's Rodgers. Rodgers was doing this stuff with McCarthy, was he not? This fourth down and two – Throw play 40 yards, they were doing the same thing with McCarthy, the exact same thing. And then, speaking of that, about was it on Rodgers, is it on LaFleur, whatever the case may be? Do you see Rodgers talking about that throw to Mercedes Lewis that you were talking about earlier down the left sideline? Yeah, he was, I forgot, he was asked about Mercedes Lewis and coming up with a couple big plays or whatever else. And before Rodgers would even answer the question, Rodgers goes, yeah. And just so you know, I don't, I don't like the concept that we ran on that play or whatever. But and then he went on to talk yeah. about the, the concept, whatever, and then said that Dobbs had the opportunity to go inside or outside. And he goes, he should have went outside. That was probably the better option. But he went inside. So I just chucked it up to Big Dog and, and try to give him a chance uh, to give him the ball. And it was a crazy throw. I mean, it was like sidearm falling away, everything else and and dropped it in there perfectly so he can still make throws. You know, down the field. It's not like he can't make the throw down the field, but when you had that guy that wide open, like he had Watson, damn, 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 damn. And again, you give Dobbs and Watson all off season, another training camp with Rodgers, and come in the next year. I'm telling you, Ryan Horvath, this offense. I'm telling you,
2: watch Unless they just run the table and they win the damn Super Bowl, then we're not seeing Aaron Rodgers next year. Run the table. If they win a Super Bowl this year with everything that he's been through, that's the end of Aaron Rodgers. No chance.
3: No chance. Because now he's got a chance at three Super Bowls then. Now he gets into a whole different company of quarterbacks with three. And if they win it this year with this – and they essentially, cause they're going to bring back <laughs> Dylan comes back, right? Yeah. Jones probably comes back on some type of new contract. Cause I can't imagine they keep him with a contract. He has, but either way. So Jones, Dylan come back. Watson's back. Dobbs is back. You get Toure back again. Maybe you lose Lazard. I don't know how much he's going to go for. Maybe you get him back uh, on the cheap. Cobb's not going anywhere. He'll play with Rogers for minimum at this point. So he yeah. he's back. I mean, Tight end is the only thing. If you're right on Tony, that he's just not healthy. So now he gets a whole nother few months to recover if he starts to look better. But again, he's a free agent and he he's costing himself money by not getting any topics, uh, any targets thrown to him. You said run the table, which brings me to our last topic: Is this starting to feel like a Packers magic carpet ride again? Tweeted it out yesterday to Gary Ellerson said, hey, man, feels like a magic carpet ride. That's what I called it when they went to the last Super Bowl, when they had them win their last three or four games on the way out, and everything was working. Ted was plucking dudes off the street. They were playing like pro bowlers. They had like 18 guys on the IR. No matter what they did, something good happened. Something worked. Teams were losing that were supposed to lose. Everything worked for them going in. They won a, a low-scoring game against the Bears to get in. Like it was Im- unbelievable that year. And this, I'm folks, I'm telling you right now, starting to feel like it to me. I mean, nobody would have been saying anything like this crazy nonsense before. Niners are dominating teams still with Purdy at quarterback. And I know how good Philadelphia is, even though the Cowboys did their thing. But this team is starting to feel like it, and it was fun because yesterday I'll 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 give you a little play by play on my phone, uh, talking uh, to my dad as we were texting uh, back and forth. And after that first interception, I'm like, got some magic going today. Hope it continues. Uh, and then he throws another interception and my dad goes, magic does continue. I'm like, sure does. Uh, and then my dad's getting furious because they're not running the football. So it's like, run, run, yeah. run, run. I'm like, yeah, totally agree. And then he throws another interception. The third one, he's like more magic question mark. I'm like, yep. Ha ha ha. That's horrible. And it was a horrible throw by Tua there to end it. Yeah. And I'm just like, man, come on, man. Like. I don't care what anybody said. I don't think anybody saw that game playing out the way that it did. And then have every freaking team you needed to lose. I was laughing on Saturday. I'm going, this is insane. Like every team they needed to lose is losing and then held on and lost. Horvath, might be time to dust off the magic carpet, baby. Might be time to hop on. They got, they need two wins and. I mean, again, the commanders are going to lose a game, so they're, they're going to have a chance to get in. They're saying there's some, might be some quarterback controversy. Cause Wentz came in at the end of that game. Now with yep. Washington get yep. out of here. I mean, that, yeah, yeah. I,
2: I want to see Carson Wentz, you know, rooting for Washington to lose. Um, It's starting to feel like it a little bit. I'm pumping the brakes. I just want to get into the playoffs. But, man, I thought yesterday, obviously, was the big game. Going into Miami, beating that Dolphins team, who I know they've struggled here the last month. But you look at all those weapons they have on the offensive side of the ball, man. Jalen Waddell, Tyreek Hill, Tua, Mike McDaniel calling the plays. So it's starting to feel like that because look at how the schedule sets up. You get a revenge game against Minnesota, who beat you week one. But if you go back and watch that game, they get off to a nice little start. The Packers could not cover Justin Johnson. I want Jair Alexander, and I know we're going to preview this game all week, shadowing Justin Jefferson. I'd rather just die playing man coverage than just get picked apart, Like all game long. So I think you're going to have to play some man. He's going to have to follow him around because that's the thing. Kevin O'Connell, Mike Zimmer, in that old Vikings offense, it would just be Justin Jefferson lined up 80% of the time on the outside or every once in a while on the slot. They're lining him up in the backfield, lining him up as a tight end. He's all over the place. So Jair is going to have to shadow him all day long. I do not want to die by that guy again. But you have a dome team coming to Lambeau Field, cold weather game, revenge game. And in the second half, Minnesota didn't really do anything in that game. And who knows? A Christian Watson catches that ball you know the first play of the season and it's a 7-7 game maybe it's a different story so I feel really good because then what do you get week 18 same thing you get a dome team Detroit coming to Lambeau Field so two home games cold weather dome teams Kirk Cousins Cold-weather game, and then you get Jared Goff. Cold-weather game against a pretty good secondary. I know at times they give up explosive plays. Detroit's not playing very good defensively. And then if you do get into the playoffs, I like these matchups. Yeah, you have to go to San Francisco and beat the 49ers. But you're getting Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant. I know he's pushing the ball down the field. He looks good right now. I shouldn't say he's pushing the ball down the field. He's averaging five, uh, five yards per intended air yards per pass they could gash you on the ground but I think that's a beatable Niners team and then Philadelphia is Jalen Hurts even going to be healthy for the playoffs is he going to be 60 70 percent he's never even won a playoff game and you hung 31 on that Philadelphia team in prime time a couple weeks ago you've already beat Dallas Tampa Bay's no good who else do you even make the case for in the NFC the Giants the commanders not happening so it's starting to feel like that man it's all setting up pretty well here
3: The other thing about it, as you were talking and you were setting up the first scenario, could you imagine this team hasn't been able to do anything with the Niners in the playoffs forever in a day, and Rodgers gets to go home and celebrate going to a Super Bowl in San Francisco and beats his hometown team, and the Packers beat the Niners, a team that Rodgers has struggled against in the playoffs? Are you kidding me? Like again, magic carpet, right, baby. Feel it. It's coming to it's coming to a stadium near you, y'all. I ain't mean, nobody talking about it nationally yet. But if this team gets in the playoffs, they're gonna have one how many straight then? Three, four, five, six straight, something like that. They're gonna be one of the hotter teams going into the playoffs. If they run the table here and win the last two games going in, people are gonna be talking about this team. But like you said earlier, they gotta have Nixon they got to have Watson. Those two for sure. And I would say Yash Nyman also is pretty critical here. If Lowry doesn't come back, I'm sure you're a nice guy. I'm not as concerned about Lowry not coming back. But those other three dudes have got to be ready for the playoffs.
2: And Bakhtiari. I want Bakhtiari. I know some people are down on David Bakhtiari, but when he's on that field, I feel much better for the safety of the Dodgers. So, him, Yash, yes. whatever you got to do there. Uh, and hey, we've seen this before, man. I mean, not that the Giants, that team that beat Tom Brady and the undefeated Patriots years ago, not that they had to win. Like, they pretty much had to win out. They were able to lose that last game to New England, but you remember they played them tough, and everybody's like, man, maybe this team's for real. It just seems like the team that gets hot at the right time. It's like yep. baseball every single year. The Dodgers win 106 games, but they take take. take their foot off the gas in August and September. It's really hard to ramp back up, and we're kind of seeing that right now. Now, Philadelphia is tough. They're going to be a tough out regardless. We know how tough San Francisco is, but I'm saying if there is a year to make a run in the NFC, it's this year. There's not a dominant team, other than I guess you could say San Francisco and Philadelphia, but I think this would be the year, but again, you got to take care of business against Minnesota. That worries me a little bit, and you got to take care of business against Detroit, but it's great getting two dome teams at Lambeau Field, and hopefully that weather is crappy, cold, snowy. I'll take it all. looks like it's going to be a little warmer than i want i'll be there on uh, sunday leaving on saturday i'm hoping i wanted like 15 14 degree no chance yeah. It's going to be I mean,
3: like 40 or 45, I think, or something insane like that.
2: It's <laughs> actually people- probably for the best. Aaron Rodgers is not good in these cold-weather games. Yeah, you? you're
3: going to have people at Lambeau in like, shorts tailgating. If people are going to be rolling and like it's 45. Yeah, but it feels like summer. We had like minus 30-degree windshields uh, the previous weekend. So, And how about snow in Miami yesterday? That was insane, too, on Christmas Day. I mean, it's got to be cool for the people in Miami, but either way, that, that was pretty wild. Even Rodgers brought up the fact that after the game, he's like, yeah, I thought we were going to come in here. He's 70, 80 degree weather. It's like yeah. 45 degrees in here today. That's all it is. Yeah. I was uh, is-
2: talking about like taking a walk on the beach before or after the game. I'm like, walk on the beach. It's 45 degrees.
3: Exactly right. Uh, he has Ryan Horvath follow him on Twitter, Ryan Horvath bet MGM tonight, weeknights. Make sure to check him out while you're watching the games, have that going on, uh, in the background, always an entertaining, uh, listen there for them. And then of course, uh, at sparky red, if you want to follow me, uh, got my Packer interviews up uh, throughout the week, Bucks, Badgers, Marquette, all those interviews, uh, each and every week All you do every day Monday through Friday Go check out the website 1250amthefan.com Or on your Odyssey app uh, You can search it Best Packers coverage Best Bucks coverage Best Brewers coverage Whatever the case may be You can listen to The most current interviews uh, From each of those Been doing a lot of Brewers interviews lately uh, If you want to catch up uh, On that And of course Packer interviews We do uh, at least two a week On those as well Alright enjoy the rest of your day Have a good one everybody Toodles